Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker concludes not just a modern trilogy of films, but the full Skywalker saga. But a lot happens in this film, and depending on how loudly the guy next to you is sobbing, sorry about that by the way, you might have missed how exactly all the insanity in this movie was possible. Look, I know, it's a bit early, not all of you saw it on opening night, so spoiler warning, come on! I'm about to explain the dramatic ending of this film. If you haven't seen the movie, it's totally okay to just pause right now, then go run off and see it, and then come right back. Okay, so the final act of The Rise of Skywalker is an epic battle on the planet Exogol, the homeworld of the Sith in the unknown regions where Emperor Palpatine has been secretly resurrecting a fleet of Star Destroyers, each equipped with Death Star super lasers to reclaim his empire. But how is Palpatine back exactly? The movie's a bit vague about it, but Palpatine does tell Kylo in the opening scene, I have died before. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some find to be unnatural. Which is a callback to Palpatine's story to Anakin in Revenge of the Sith about Darth Plagueis the Ways, his former Sith master who taught him the path to immortality. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Unfortunately, he taught his apprentice everything he knew then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. In this scene, we also learn that Snoke and the voice of Darth Vader were Palpatine pulling the strings the whole time. I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. And we see what looks like a gooey version of Snoke in like a gestation pod, suggesting some kind of unholy genetic experimentation. Now, when the rebels are debating Palpatine's return, Dominic Monaghan's character speculates that it is dark science, cloning, secrets only the Sith knew. So, Sith soul reincarnation plus good old fashioned Camino flavored cloning equals Palpatine's return. But I will dig more into Palpatine and his whole return and his plan in another video. So, Rey, after learning that she's <gasps> Palpatine's granddaughter, confronts Palpatine in his ancient Sith ruins on Exegol. Palpatine is connected to like a big crane. Maybe he's like on a life support device. And he goads Rey into striking him down so that his spirit, which contains all of the Sith, can possess her body and make her Sith Empress. But Rey denies him. She drops her lightsaber behind her back to Kylo Ren, now Ben Solo once more. After Rey healed him at the end of their duel on the ruins of the Death Star, and after Leia gave her life force to her son. So Kylo catches the lightsaber through their force time connection, because we know that objects can like teleport between that and he uses this lightsaber to wreck the Knights of Ren. And now, together, Rey and Ben wield these lightsabers of Luke and Leia, but Palpatine overpowers them and uses Sith lightning to wipe out the assembled Resistance fleet above. Rey looks up to the stars and hears the voices of Jedi past, including Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, you also hear Alec Innes go, Rey, Hayden Christensen as Anakin, Freddie Prince Jr. as Kanan Jarrus, and Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano, both from the animated series and of course Luke and Leia's voices. And now, with these spirits of all the Jedi inside her, Rey crosses both lightsabers and deflects the Sith lightning back on Palpatine, burning away his body, Raiders of the Lost Ark style, and wiping out all those Sith ghosts in the arena behind her, and depleting her own energy. But Ben rises up from the pit and gives her his life force to heal her, returning that favor, and for a moment they're both alive, and the kiss, but then Ben rolls over and dies, and he fades, along with his mother's body back on the Resistance base. So the Resistance fleet destroys each Star Destroyer one by one, we see them all fall 
all over the galaxy, including Cloud City, Endor, you see Wicket and another Ewok celebrating, and Jakku, the Resistance celebrates back on Ajahn Kloss, Rey, Poe, and Finn, triple hug, Maskanata finally gives Chewbacca the rebel medallion that he was snubbed in the first film, Finally, this medal was presumably Hans, and Lando asks Janna if she wants to find out where she's from, setting up a possible spinoff. And now finally, we arrive at our final scene, with Rey and BB-8 visiting the Lars Moisture Farm on Tatooine, where this saga began. It's now half buried in sand, and Rey sleds down a dune, calling back the opening shots of her in The Force Awakens, all while John Williams' Rey theme plays. Rey takes out Luke's and Leia's lightsabers, and she wraps them up, and she uses the force to bury them in the sand but then she reveals a new lightsaber that she has built for herself with a yellow blade now this is significant to star wars lore yellow lightsaber blades have been associated with jedi sentinels first introduced in the video games sentinels seek a balance between the consulars and the guardians and they wish to educate themselves on the more practical aspects of life. Uh, unlike others in the Jedi Order, Sentinels recognize that the Force is not the solution to everything. Maybe this suggests Rey's future as a Jedi less bound to the Jedi Code, one who embraces practical skills instead of the eternal battle between light and dark. Traditionally, the kyber crystals that power lightsabers only take on a color once they have been gathered by a Jedi Padawan, and a bond between the crystal and the Jedi has formed as that lightsaber is constructed. So maybe this yellow color paints Rey as a whole new kind of Jedi with a whole new outlook. And this theme of identity plays out in the final lines. An old woman calls out to Rey, saying no one has been on this farm in ages, and she asks who she is. Rey looks out across the desert, and in the dusty wind she sees the force ghosts of Luke and Leia smiling back at her. And Rey responds to the woman, Rey Skywalker. Now, Rey, of course, is genetically a Palpatine, but no one wants to be a Hitler. The Rise of Skywalker is a film about identity, how each of us enter the world carrying scars from wars fought in ages past, and those wars continue to fight within us as they grapple for which side of that legacy wins out in future generations. Which story will our descendants tell? Rey began her journey anonymous. The Last Jedi suggested that her parents were nobodies, but in The Rise of Skywalker, she learns that she's actually the heir to the most important man in the history of the galaxy, but her parents, in trying to protect her, left her with the gift of freedom from that past, and the gift of a choice to forge her own identity, and that identity that she chooses is a family that had a far greater impact on her worldview. The final image of this nonology solidifies that choice, with Rey watching the same binary sunset that Luke Skywalker longingly gazed upon in the first film, also the image that closed out the prequel trilogy. This is a kind of rhyming poetry that George Lucas always hoped for, the duality theme reflected in the two setting stars, one framing the hero, the other framing the droid that rescued her from that anonymity and brought her into her identity. Comment down below with your thoughts on this ending. Was it as mind-blowing for you as Kevin Smith suggested it would be? Or is your mind still fully intact, but like older and wiser? Or do you hate everything and you refuse to even watch this movie because you declared war on Disney a few years ago just to win over a few other bros on 4chan who don't really give a shit about you? If so, cool. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at EAVoss. Follow New Rockstars on socials and subscribe to New Rockstars for breakdowns of everything you love. Go on, subscribe, do it.